all the authority that we operate in the earth is wrapped up in the name of Jesus. Father, we have no inherent power and no inherent authority as a human being, Father. But you've assigned the name of Jesus first to your Son and then the use of that name to your church. So, Father, we speak the name of Jesus against every mountain, against every hindrance, Father, every work of the enemy. And, Father, we are assured by your word, regardless of what we speak to, Father, it will fall. It will yield, Father, and it will be removed. Father, our faith is that the mountain is removed and cast into the sea. That the tree is removed, Father, and cast into the sea. Father, your name guarantees that it will be so. Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you all the praise and the honor for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Amen. Well, we'll try that again. Is the Lord good? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're all thinking about it or what, but uh, uh, no, the Lord is good. Amen. We appreciate his goodness and kindness. Amen. And so... Welcome to Healing School, and, and uh, the Lord instructed us to start this uh, service many years ago. Um, we've done seven complete years. We're in the eighth year of uh, Healing School, and um, don't really see any end in sight, amen? So uh, if we did seven years times uh, 52 weeks, that's 350 services. You know, that's a lot of services, right? You can get a college degree for about half, of the, half hours of that, right? And so... You all have a Ph.D. in healing, amen? Uh, and so, you know, I was thinking about uh, in the area of healing, you know, uh, of course, uh, one of the reasons why we started Healing School is because um, there's such a need for it in the body of Christ, right? I mean, there's so much sickness and disease, and, and not just sickness and disease, but, uh, you know, and I'm talking about like terminal where you're near death, but just... You know, you don't feel good enough to get up and, uh, and do the Great Commission. You know, the Lord Jesus said on his very, very last thing, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So uh, the very first word of that is go. So it's hard to go if you don't feel like going, amen? If you don't feel like getting up, you don't feel like, you know, stepping out, you don't feel like walking, you don't feel like talking. It's hard to complete the Great Commission, and that's really the whole goal, the end game of sickness and disease from the enemy of mankind is to keep the church from doing its very commission. And, and that's why I wonder about people who say, you know, sometimes it's God's will for you to be sick. But if, it God, if it's God's will for you to be sick, but you can't accomplish God's will to go, then how can God's will be in conflict? You know, there's no, it, it, it doesn't make any sense, right? And of course, you get all the euphemisms about, well, God made you sick so that you can be a witness to so-and-so, you know, and you know, which I always think is just, you know, it's just kind of, it, it's just giving up. Right? It's not even trying hard to have good doctrine. You just give it up and you just make, start making up things because you have the perfect right to go witness to the nurses and doctors and other patients when you're well, don't you? Can't you just go to the hospital right now? And, of course, you can't hardly go to the hospital anyway, you know, uh, which is, just seems crazy to me. People are sick and they're, they're, they're on their deathbed, but you can't go visit them because of some concern about COVID. Well, they're going to die. What's the matter? If you, you know, it's just a, they didn't ask my opinion, but that's my opinion anyway, so... Uh, but I was thinking about, you know, especially in the area of sickness and disease, uh, uh, we're going to get into back into Dr. Yeoman's book here in just a second. But uh, let's, let's go back to the book of beginnings, to the back of book of Genesis here. And um, let, let's, uh, um, let's go back to uh, Genesis chapter 3. And I just want to read uh, a verse here. Genesis chapter 3, it says in verse 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said. And those, those four words have hindered more faith in the church probably than anything else that the devil has ever said or done. Yea, hath God. Did God really say that? Uh, and, and we get into healing. God, did God really say that he wants you well? Did God, does God really want you well? You know, he doesn't say God wants you sick. You know, that, that's kind of a, a, you know, a very direct attack, right? Yeah. And because it's such a direct attack, you know, a lot of times we'll just respond, you know, you know of course not. Of course doesn't, God doesn't want you sick. And so oftentimes the devil doesn't attack you with a direct strong attack, especially if you've been in a word church, you know, and you believe the word of God 
but oftentimes, he'll do it in a very subtle way. It's, maybe God doesn't want you to be well. You know, it's, it's God's will to heal, but maybe not for you. Maybe, maybe there's, and I always love this, maybe there's a secret sin. That's always a good one. That's, there's, a, there's a secret sin that even God doesn't know about. It's keeping you from being healed, right? Um, uh, yea, hath God said. Did he really say? Did he really mean? Does he really want you to be well? Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of times what will happen, uh, we will pause at that question. Well, maybe there's, maybe he's got a point. Maybe that's a valid point. Maybe God doesn't want me. Maybe there's some greater purpose in my sickness. Or maybe there's some greater thing that God wants to do in my life through this sickness that, uh, that maybe there's something there. Uh, and, you know, the thing I, I like about, uh, about Abraham is the Bible says that Abraham did not stagger at the promise of God. He was not weak in faith. Uh, and that's not the, you know, we're not trying to, to uh, accuse anybody of being weak in faith, but the, the point is that he never staggered at it. It ma- didn't matter what the devil brought, because, you know, with Abraham, it was 25 years from the time of the promise to the time of the manifestation. Don't you know the devil uh, came to him more than once? Did God really say that to you? You know, one time you believed that God appeared to you or God spoke to you strongly that he'll make you the father of many nations, but it's been 20 years. Did God really say that? It maybe, you know, don't you remember you, you overindulged in pizza that night? And, you know, it could have been a pizza vision. It might not have been a godly vision, right? It might have been, you know, the pepperonis were bad. You know, maybe the cheese was bad, you know. Uh, and, and did God really say he wants you to be the father of many nations? Did God really say that? And, you know, you go, well, you know, I thought he did, but maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't say that to me. I mean, after all the years, I don't have a child. Uh, but the thing I love about Abraham, he never staggered. He didn't know the answer. He didn't know when it was coming. He didn't know how it was coming, but he never staggered. Eve staggered. First question, she staggered. Because what did she say? She said, the woman said, because uh, the devil said, you shall not eat of the tree of the garden. Is that, did God really say that? He did say that. Don't eat of the tree of, of, of that one particular tree. And the woman said on the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, which is true. But the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, that was the tree. God hath said, you shall not eat it, which is true. Neither shall you touch it. Is that true? Did God say, don't touch the tree? He never said, don't touch the tree. So the devil, always, you know, once, once she said that, I've got it. I've got her. She doesn't remember what the Lord said. She didn't meditate on what the Lord said. She didn't put it in her heart of exactly what the Lord said. She sort of knew what the Lord said, but didn't really remember exactly what he said. Uh, and, and that's where, you know, so many times uh, people, you know, they don't know the Bible. They kind of know about the Bible. And they'll say things like, you know, well, you know, the Bible says. I always love that. The Bible says. Because then after that, it's like, okay, you're wrong. Everything else over that's wrong. They'll say something like, well, the Bible says that God won't put on you any more than you can bear. You know, that's actually not a Bible verse, right? You know, that's not a Bible verse. The closest you can get to is in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, where it talks about temptations that God won't allow any more temptations in your life than you can bear, but the temptations come from your own lust. That's what James chapter 1 says, your own desires. So he's going to put a, a limit to how much uh, he allows the devil to come uh, and hook up with your own desires that are ungodly. Now, that's not him. Put, he's not putting the burden on you. That's you allowing your flesh to put the burden on you, and he'll still limit that, which is the kindness of the Lord, the mercy of the Lord. Uh, but people will say things, you know, well, you know, the Bible says that cleanliness is next to godliness. You know, you know is, that, is that even true, right? What are we? Swap mics? My microphone not working? Can you all hear me? I can hear me. You want me to swap mics? All right, online stuff's not working, so. All right, we'll go to plan B here. What were we saying there? But uh, Yeah, cleanliness is next to godliness, right? Um, you know, that's not actually a Bible verse, right? Uh, there's a lot of things people say that, you know, the Bible says, and the Bible never said that, right? Uh, and so, so just, you know, just, just know that uh, if there's ever a question, where is that question coming from? Because, you know, the devil didn't attack Eve with sickness and disease. She, he didn't attack her with some spiritual warfare, you know, with, with some, you know, uh, uh, outside person. He attacked 
the, her knowledge of the Word of God. Uh, and that's, uh, especially people of faith, he's always got to, he knows that his only chance is to get them to question, hath God said, did God really say that for you? Does it belong to you? And, and of course, healing is always a, 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 an area that, you know, he's not going to come and say, you know, to, to, if, it was, if it was me or Chris, you know, people have been around here since the beginning of healing school. Well, God wants you sick. That will never work on us because we know. But did God really say that for you? See, then you'll pause, right? You'll, you'll pause. And then, uh, you, you know, unlike Abraham, we might stagger at that promise. We might, we might, be, we might waver in that promise that sickness, uh, healing may not be for us, right? God may have some greater purpose. And no, God doesn't, have, God doesn't have any greater purpose than you going to all the world and preaching the gospel. That's the greatest purpose purpose of every Christian is to go into all the world. It doesn't mean you've got to always travel overseas because he said you'll, you'll be witness to me in Jerusalem, which is where they were. And so uh, oftentimes your greatest uh, witnessing is in Jerusalem where you live, right? Your, your next door neighbors, your people at Walmart, you know, you know, people at McDonald's need the Lord, right? And so uh, it's uh, wherever you are, Jerusalem, Judea, right? The general area, Samaria close by, and then unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And it doesn't mean that you have to go to all the places. You know, people make everything into a law. He just said, just go. That's the deal. Go, right? Go wherever you are, wherever he told you to go, that's where you go, right? That's the, that's the highest, that's the highest uh, calling of the church is to go, amen, and, and preach his gospel. So I, I was just thinking about that, about, uh, you know, the devil, his greatest, his greatest avenue of attack is, yea, hath God said. Did, did he really say that? Gets you to question the word of God for your life, amen? Uh, and and, um, and I'll hear people say things, you know, like, uh, uh, well, I wish I had as much faith as you had. What, what's that even mean, right? Does that mean that I have the ability and the, the freedom, the right to have more faith than you? Is it even true that I have more faith than you? I mean, the, uh, Romans 12, 3 says that God has given to every man the measure of faith. So he already gave it to you, right? Now we can increase it, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But every child of God has a measure of faith, and Jesus said, if you had the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you shall speak to the sycamine tree, and it'll be removed to catch the sea. So, I mean, uh, you got anything bigger in your life than a tree? I mean, you know, most of us aren't dealing with things, you know, well, I got a mountain. Well, you know, I mean, it's the same faith that moves a mountain and moves a tree. Uh, and so, it's, uh, uh, we, I think we mentioned this morning, be careful about your, about your confession. I, you know, I wish I had as much faith as you, because that, that confession, what you're saying is, I don't. Therefore, I can't be healed. Therefore, because you got more faith than I've got, I can't be healed. But even a small amount of faith will get all the healing that you need in your life. Uh, and so, always be careful of your confession because your confession oftentimes is the, is the root of your issues, right? Where you've opened the door up or you've, you've limited God uh, by your confession. God wants to do something in your life, but well, God would never do that for me, or, you know, wouldn't that be nice if I had faith like them? I don't, so therefore I can't have as much as they have, is what you're saying. And uh, So be careful about your confession, amen, because your confession, your confession is supposed to be an expression of faith, amen, that uh, he said that God calls those things which be not as though they were. Your confession is always calling what things be not. You know, I'm the healed of God. I'm the prosperous of God. I'm the delivered of God. I'm the, the head and not the tail. I'm, you know, I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. That's your confession, right? And, and especially important if those things aren't actually going on in your life. Then that's when you need to do those confessions because you've got to call those things would be not as though they are, right? And if they are, then, you, well, Lord, I thank you that I am that way. And so it's, uh, uh, you know, it's not really that hard, and we don't want to become the confession police. You please submit all the things you're going to say today before you can say them, okay? And I'll, can, I'll look at them, make sure they're all, that's not my job, right? I don't want to do that job. Uh, uh, and so... But there's lots of times, you know, uh, people say things. I, I, I told you the, the lady that uh, she visited, the first time she visited healing school, uh, this is many years ago, I was, you know, we were greeting people at the, uh, at the door there. And, and I kind of knew of her, knew her family. And, 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 um, uh, but her husband wasn't there. She said, well, you know, my husband's sick. Uh, and she said, and then she went on and this long dissertation about, well, you know, I just don't believe that uh, God wants to heal every time. You know, sometimes God just wants you to be sick. You know, he's trying to teach you something. And. And, and sometimes it's not his will to heal, and she's going on and on and on. And I'm just looking at her. I'm not saying anything. It's not my job to be her confession police, but I'm looking at her. And I'm not saying, yeah, 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 because I can't say, yeah, 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 because I'm 
I'm agreeing with her, so I'm just looking at her, right? The best thing to do is not say anything, right? But she, after a while, she, she caught on, and she stopped. She looked at me. She said, you don't believe a word I'm saying, do you? And I said, well, no, there's nothing you said is scriptural. And then she got mad and never came back. Uh, I was nice about it, but nothing she said was scriptural. I'm not going to hook up with, well, sometimes God just doesn't want to heal you. That's not true. That is a lie. That, that's worse than, yea, had God said. That's saying God didn't say. Uh, and so God did say, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Different translations say, I am your physician. I am your surgeon. Uh, and, and so he, he said he is. He's not he's going to be. He was. Sometimes he is and sometimes he's not. He said, I am. I am is always present, always present tense. I am, right? I'm not going to be. I, I'm not thinking about it. I'm not working through, uh, you know, uh, my, uh, my college right now. You know, I'm an intern, and eventually I get to be a real doctor, and, and you just hang on the best you can. Someday I'll get my degree, and I'll be able to help you out. No, he, I am. I am your physician. Amen. Uh, and so, so uh, that's, that's the Lord, amen? Uh, and, um, and so just make sure that, because uh, uh, all of us, I can guarantee you, every single one of us, the words, yea, hath God said, has come to our heart at least once. I can't tell you how many times that the Lord has healed me over the years, and, and you know, a symptom comes, an ache or a pain comes through, and that question, you know, you reckon it's going to work this time? I mean, it's worked a hundred times before. You reckon it's going to work this time? You know, maybe, maybe it was an accident that a dozen times, a hundred times before it happened, right, which is not an accident. But, but you know, there's still that thought comes to you. Maybe, maybe it's not going to work this time. That's exactly the same thing as Ahath God said. You know, he doesn't say it's not going to work this time because that's too strong, right? That's for, for us people of faith. You know, well, no, yes, he is. You know, we'll just get belligerent about it. But the question, maybe it's not going to work this time. Oh, you know, maybe it's not, maybe, maybe. Maybe I'm, just, maybe I'm just not as, as in faith today as I used to be. Uh, and then we start second-guessing ourselves, right? Uh, and then, then he knows he's got us, right? And then, then we forget what the Word says. Well, God said this. He didn't say that. Well, you know, the Bible says sometimes God wants you to be sick. He doesn't say that, right? Uh, and, and people would just make up stuff like that. Uh, and so, so we, we finished up um, last week with uh, Chapter 12 of, of uh, Dr. Yeoman's book, and, of course, this is the, the, there's four books in this one book, right? And so we're in the third book, chapter 12 of the third book, because the publishers just took all of her four books about healing and put them together. So this is the third book, uh, chapter 12, and it was our daily bread. We never did uh, ask the one question, right? Because some of these chapters are really short. Normally we try to have about ten questions. Uh, but um, uh, which, which book is that, is that uh, chapter 12? It's our... Yeah, which, which book of the three books is that one in? Um, it's the third book, whatever it is. If you go to the table of contents, uh, I think it's, it's not a great confession. Well, I could just, I'll scroll all the way down there. We'll find it. The Bomb of Gilead, yeah. So that's the book, right, that we're in. So the first book was Healing from Heaven. Second book was The Great Physician. The third book is The Bomb of Gilead. So we're in chapter 12 uh, of The Bomb of Gilead. The last chapter will be Health and Healing. So chapter 12 there. So the, the, the one question was, who, uh, who gives us our daily bread? Uh, God and God alone, right? Uh, and that's kind of a gimme question there, but it was tough to come up with a question. The chapter was short. And, and I'm not so much interested in, in asking questions of who was the name of the, fa- the farmer that she had the story about. You know, that's just, it's more important for you to remember what the Word says. Amen. And so um, sometimes a lot of the stories taken up, a lot of the chapters taken up by a story, which is good. And they're, they're encouraging, but uh, the most important thing for us is to remember what the Word says. And so let's turn to John chapter 4. So we'll, we'll start chapter 13 here. The, the miracle that speaks to our own times is the name of this chapter there. So that's in John chapter 4. And so uh, let's start here in... Um, Verse um, 46. And it says, So Jesus came again unto Cana of Galilee, where, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So 
Jesus, this man here, this nobleman knew of Jesus, heard of Jesus. And of course, that's the first step of faith, right? Uh, did you hear? Have you heard of Jesus? And so what did he what did he believe about Jesus that he could heal? Obviously, right. He went to him and asked him if he would come and heal his son. Uh, and so Jesus said in verse 48, now, if your son is sick near to death, right? So it wasn't just, you know, he hurt his toe, uh, but he said he was at the point of death. So, so what is the mindset of this father? It's panic, right? It, it's fear. It's dread. It, it's, there's a lot of emotions going on. Uh, and so Jesus, in his great kindness, you know, patted him on the shoulder and said, it's going to be okay. And, you know, uh, you know, no problem. You know, everything's all right. Uh, what did Jesus say in verse 48? Jesus said to him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Jesus, did you know this guy is, is upset? Come on, be nice. You know, be nice about it, Jesus. Don't just, that's kind of harsh, right? Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Uh, in other words, you know, you just, uh, uh, you just think of this superstition, right? Uh, and so ha before we finish that story, let's go back to, uh, I'm going to put my little, my little thing there. And uh, let's go back over to, to Mark chapter 5. And look at this story here. So Mark chapter 5, um, in verse 21, it says, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus. And I always call it Jairus, but I think the, the uh, one group says you should pronounce it Jairus. But, you know, I've said Jairus so many times. It's just, it's just, that's just the way it is from now until forever. It's Jairus, right? When we get to heaven, he says, my name is Jairus. Well, okay, fine. Uh, but we're going to call you Jairus for now, right? Just like some people call me Skip. You know, I'll probably skip to them forever, right? But uh, Jairus came by name, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus said, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Is that what he told Jairus? No, he said Jesus went with him. Well, now, the nobleman asked for the same deal, and Jesus fussed at him. And Jairus asked for the deal here. His, now, the, it, it may be that he just likes daughters more than sons, right? Because this is a daughter here, and so about, if it's a girl, okay, I'll come with girls. Boys, you know what trouble boys are? Just, I ain't doing it. Is that, you reckon that's what it was, that he just liked girls more than boys? No, of course not, you know, but, uh, but what's the deal? Why, why, why did he respond one way? Same, same, I mean, essentially the same difference, right? Both a child, both near the point of death. And one of them, Jesus said, I'll come. Didn't even say just, he just started going with them, right? Uh, and then the other one, he didn't even move. Except you see signs of wonders, you won't believe. Well, see, that's the thing I love about, about healing is, uh, and really it's the same true for all doctrine, is we can't turn it into a law. Right, we always want to turn everything in the Bible to a law. In fact, there's a group of Christians right now, if you know, don't know it or not, there's a group of Christians who believe, that, and they, they will state this, that we have to find a law, a rule in the New Testament before we're allowed to do anything. So if they have a church, they can't have, like, uh, a, uh, uh, an elementary school at church because there's no law in the New Testament that says, thou shalt have an elementary school at church. So it's wrong to teach your children? I mean, you know, I don't know, but... But uh, so they're always trying to turn everything in the New Testament into a law. Well, the problem with turning grace into law, it's not possible because you get stories like this. Well, in one case, same exact, a child, right? So what they would, they would come up with some crazy doctrine like, well, for girls you go and boys you don't, you know, because that's what it says. Boy, uh, boys you don't go. Does that even make sense? That's just dumb, right? That's, just, that's bad doctrine. It's people making up stuff right there, right? No, the, the, the deal is there's no law. The deal is Jesus is looking for faith, right? He's looking for faith. Now, uh, uh, and, so, and so, so sometimes you kind of have to read between the lines what's going on. So for this man here with Jairus, you know, that's just, uh, that's just all he knew. Well, you know, Jesus went. Uh, but for, for the nobleman, go back to John chapter 5, based on what Jesus said, except you see signs and wonders, you not believe. So for the nobleman, his faith wasn't in Jesus, the healer. His faith was in Jesus had to go. Jesus had to be, he had to see a, a physical event to occur before he would believe. Except you see signs and wonders, 
you will not believe. You need to come, and, and unless you, I see you lay hands, I can't believe. Jairus believed that Jesus was the healer, period. And, of course, he just asked him to come. Now, if Jesus said, you know, I don't need to come, uh, then I think he probably would have been fine. Just like uh, in, um, in Matthew chapter 8, remember the centurion uh, went to Jesus. And, and now in Matthew's version of it, uh, it just says, you know, my, my servant is sick. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. In, in Luke's version of it, it says they begged him to come. And then, and then he said he would go. But then the centurion said, oh, no, you don't need to come. Just speak the word only. And I see Jesus was willing to go. In fact, he said he would go. He started to go. Uh, and, and, oh, no, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't need to come. I don't, you know, because my faith is in you. My faith is in, in your authority. And Jesus, of course, said he had great faith, right? So the, that, that man had great faith. So, it's, you know, uh, nothing wrong with Jesus going or Jesus not going. Uh, Jairus just had faith in Jesus. The nobleman or the, uh, the centurion had even greater faith because Jesus said, I've not found so great faith in not even in all of Israel that he understood how authority worked that Jesus speaks the word the man with the most authority if he speaks you do it and that happens and so Jesus said that's great faith there he didn't need to come but see this man was faith was in the the sign and seeing something right I had to see I have to see you Jesus come down and lay hands on my child and that's where my faith is not in your power not in your authority not in your word I've got to see you I've got that my faith is in Seeing you do this, it's a sign and a wonder, right? And, and that really is superstition. Unless I see a natural thing occur, I can't believe. And that's where some Christians are. And that's really superstition because superstition believes that some natural event has to occur before some supernatural event can happen. Uh, and so they, they, they get into superstition, right? Well, you've got to sit in this chair, right? People get in superstition with, with uh, sports, right? Unless I wear my lucky ball cap, my team's not going to win. They don't even know you're wearing a ball cap. And, but, you're, you know, you think you're wearing your ball cap is going to affect that guy's batting record? You know, it doesn't really work that way, right? Especially if it happened, if the game happened yesterday, you taped it. So now it doesn't matter anyway. You're wearing, you're wearing your lucky ball cap and you're watching a taped game. Uh, and, but people do that. And people, do, people in the church do that, right? It's like, well, you know, there's really, there's no really such thing as superstition. You know, you hate to burst people's bubble. But, um, you know, and so, uh, so the, the, thing, the thing I love about Jesus is he never made a law. That healing has to be done this way, right? How many different ways, you know, over the years we've studied all the, in fact, we went through every single healing uh, event in the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament. There's 82 of them uh, of specific healings that occurred in the Bible, uh, and we went through all of them. And the thing that you can observe from all of that is, one thing is it's always God's will to heal. Two is how he chooses to do it is up to him. Will he always do it? The answer is always yes. He will always heal. How he does it, I mean, sometimes, you know, in fact, uh, um, we know that, that um, anointing with oil is one way that God will do it, right? Uh, uh, James chapter 5 says uh, the elders uh, anoint with oil, and they'll be healed. We have one uh, w- with uh, one example in the book of Luke, uh, or maybe Mark. Uh, I'll have to go back and look at it for sure to tell you. But one example in the Gospels where they anointed with oil, no other examples, no examples in, in uh, the book of Acts of anointing with oil. And yet some people, you've got to anoint me with oil. Okay, but there's literally only one verse in James and one example in the Gospels that that occurred. Every other example was just was different ways, right? Laying hands on people. Sometimes Jesus spoke to the person, right? Sometimes uh, with in Acts chapter 19, it was the prayer clause, or we call them prayer clause, but the clause that came from the, uh, the uh, uh, from Paul. Um, and so, the the rule there's no rule, there's no law. It's faith in your faith should be in the healing power of God, not in the mechanism of healing. Well, you have to lay hands on me. Well, what did Jesus say here? Let, let's read uh, this the, the rest of the story here. He uh, so. Uh, the thing about Jesus is he always tried to work with the person. He wasn't trying to make a law. He was trying, you know, where are you at? Where are you at in your faith? This is where, that's the way Jesus operated when he was talking to somebody. And, and uh, one of my favorite stories there is, is in uh, Matthew 15 in, in the uh, Syrophoenician woman. Um, and uh, he just was, you know, he was talking to her, you know, and, and, and being... Uh, well, not unkind, but, uh, you know, it's not meat to, to give uh, the children's bread to the dogs. And he just worked her over hard, right? 
and, and you know, I believe he was just seeing where her faith was. He needed to get her to express her faith because she hadn't expressed her faith until finally she said, Yay, Lord, except that uh, even the dogs eat from the crumbs from the, from the children's table. That's faith right there. Okay, you, you can have what you, what you came for. So he was, he was trying to get her to faith. And oftentimes Jesus is trying to get people to get to faith. He can see it in them, but, he's, but so many times we've we got so many layers of the natural world and so many layers of, of religion and so many, you know, he's got he's to peel those back until he can finally get your faith exposed and hear your faith. And get your faith to be clean. And I believe this is exactly what, what uh, this man was here. So the man came to him, uh, and he besought him, begged him that he would come. Jesus said, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, sir, come down ere my child die or before my child die. So the man's now getting just almost, you know, hysterical. You've got to come. <laughs> and so, but Jesus still can see, you know, uh, you remember uh, in, in Luke chapter 5 when they, when they brought the, the, four, the, the man that was born by his four friends? The Bible says when Jesus saw their faith. See, faith can be seen. I can see faith in you. You can see faith in me. You can see it, right? It, it's, it, it, from a spiritual perspective, you can see it. And so Jesus must have seen, even though his, his words weren't perfectly lined up with his faith, he must have seen it because what did he say in verse 50? Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. What did the man ask for Jesus to come? Did Jesus come? No, Jesus didn't go with him. He said, go thy way, thy, thy, son, thy son liveth. And, and what was the man's response? The man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now, come, and as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, thy son liveth. Uh, then inquired he of them the hour when he what? began to amend or began to improve. And they said unto him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that same hour in which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. So uh, Jesus, he never did go with the man. The man begged him to go, right? He never did go with him. Now, how much distance was there between Jesus and the man's, uh, the man's uh, son here? Um, well, we don't know, but it was not, you know, it was more than a few inches, right? I mean, it was far enough away that he had to travel a distance to get to Jesus. So uh, that tells us that physical presence isn't necessary for healing to occur, right? We don't have to have somebody come and lay hands on us. Uh, Jesus didn't go with this man and, and um, pray for his son, for him to get healed and lay hands on this man's son. He just spoke the word, amen? So that, that, of course, that should encourage us, right? Because uh, sometimes we get in the same rut that, that this man does. You have to come. And you have to anoint with oil. And it's got to be virgin oil from the, the, the olive trees of Jerusalem. And if it's not that, you know, just Walmart uh, olive oil is not good enough, right? And I've heard people say, well, you know, it wasn't really olive oil. It was some special oil. It wasn't, we, call, we, don't, we, we always say it wasn't really olive oil. It was some of this other. Who cares? Motor oil would probably work, right? Because it's not, there's no inherent, any, is there an inherent? Oh, it, it's, it's the healing. It's the herbs and spices, that oil that really somehow, it, no, it's not that. It could be the 11 herbs and spices from Colonel Sanders for all we know. It doesn't really matter, right? But people make it, oh, it's, if you think it's in the oil, then that's superstition. Amen? If you think it's got something special, but, you know, I'm happy, oh, here's, here's oil. And look, we've got, look, if your faith is in oil, uh, we, I think right here, right? Yeah, we've got, we've got, oh, here it is. Let's see. Let's see if this is from, this may have come over just from the Lord Jesus himself, right? It's oil of gladness, you know, frankincense and myrrh. I don't know where it says. It just says, oh, it's pure. It's not just olive oil. It's pure blessed olive oil, right? And, and so that means it's got a double whammy on you, right? Uh, and No, there's no inherent healing power in olive oil, right? It's my faith in the Lord Jesus. That's just a point of contact, right? Just like laying on a hands. There's no, there's no power in my hands. You know, there is because the Spirit of God lives in me. But in my flesh, there's no power, right? The Spirit of God lives in, in me, and so the point of contact, the transfer of power from the Holy Spirit in me to you would work, right? That's, and it's always, goes, it's always the power of the Holy Spirit that does the work, amen? It's not 
in the superstition of the oil or the or the cloth or the even on laying out of hands, it always goes back to the power of God. Amen. It's always back to the power of God. And so Jesus commanded that uh, this this thing here. In fact, uh, it was his it's uh, there was no there was no rebuke of sickness right from Jesus. He didn't speak to the fever. Now, remember with with and also in Matthew chapter eight, where uh, Peter's mother-in-law was sick, it says he rebuked the fever. Right. And Matthew doesn't say he rebuked the fever, but I think in Luke's version of that story, he rebuked the fever. So sometimes you speak to the fever. Uh, there wasn't even he didn't even speak to the sickness, whatever the sickness was here. So there's no law. Well, he didn't rebuke the fever. He didn't, Jesus didn't do anything here. He, he declared what was so. Thy son liveth. Uh, that he declared it to be so. Right. And so when Jesus declared it, it had to happen. Once Jesus declared it, it has to happen. If you would declare with your faith what is, it will happen. That's, that's, that's always faith, right? You declare it. And so sometimes if you declare that the, the sickness is rebuked, then a sickness is rebuked. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, so what's important really is you need to be led by the Spirit of God. How should you deal with this particular sickness? If you make a law, you're going to miss it. You always do it this way. I guarantee you'll be wrong. You'll be wrong. Now, if the Lord especially anoints you in certain ways, you know, and that, that can't happen, right? There, there, there was, a, in fact, I didn't realize he was in Tennessee, but there was a farmer from Tennessee many years ago who got a hold of this message and saw where Jesus spit on somebody. He started a spitting ministry. And, and people would come to him, and he was just a farmer. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't a minister, full-time minister. He's just a farmer. And you think, you know, where's that hand been just today, you know? <laughs> where's that spit been? I don't know. But he was just a farmer, and he'd spit on his hands, rub them together, and slap them upside your head. And he had a very successful healing ministry because that, his faith was just, it was just in that, you know? And, and the Lord used him in that. And so, you know, sometimes the Lord will do that. And, uh, but we have to be careful ourselves about turning everything into the Word of God into a law. Jairus asked the Lord Jesus to come. The nobleman asked Jesus to come. Jesus was fine with Jairus, didn't like that the nobleman asked him to come. Why? Because he saw in him that it, you just want me to go. You don't have any faith in me. You have faith in me going. You have faith in me being there. Uh, and and so, so Jesus is really good about, look, you can't, that's superstition. I, I, I can't go with that deal. Now, if you've got no superstition about me going or not going, I'll come. Right? Because he said, to the, he said to, to the centurion, I'll be glad to come. No, 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 don't come. And so there was no superstition for the centurion, no, no superstition for Jairus, but the nobleman, there's superstition. You've got to come. You gotta, if you don't come, it doesn't work. Well, that ain't so. It, it, it will work. If you, faith in, in any way will work. Amen? If you've got faith in laying on a hand, so that's fine, right? But if you've got superstition, he, he's got to deal with that. So, so uh, I just think it was that in that particular story, I think it's a good contrast. Amen? It's a good contrast between same, almost the exact same circumstance uh, almost the exact same request, and yet Jesus dealt with them completely differently. Uh, and, and I think he does that really just to uh, keep us from turning everything to a law. If you look at all the healings that Jesus did, but the majority of them, uh, well, I don't even know if it was a majority, but several of them were by the laying on of hands, right? Uh, but not all of them. Uh, and so, Anything wrong with laying hands on people? Anything wrong with going? Hey, could you come and I'll be glad. You know, I've call, I, I don't know how many people I've talked to. Hey, I'll be glad to come and pray for you. No problem at all, right? Uh, but if, you're, if, you're, if your faith is only, well, you have to be here, you know, then, then we're, we start getting out of order, amen? And so she, uh, Dr. Yeomans uh, made it a point about this particular story. She kind of took a, a side journey. We're in John chapter 5. Let's turn back over to John chapter 2. She took a little side journey about uh, that he was in, in uh, uh, Capernaum or, or Cana of Galilee, right? It was close to Capernaum. Uh, and uh, that's where Jesus, in fact, that was the very last thing, right, that we read. We didn't read that uh, back in verse 54 of chapter 4. It says, this again, the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. So, of course, the first miracle we know was back in chapter 2, which is when he turned uh, the water to wine. Uh, and so uh, she, she just wanted to make a point about a couple of things about how he said this here. And we're not going to go into all the argument about uh, 
about the alcohol here. Uh, it, my question is, has alcohol ever done anybody any good? No, so that should be enough all you need to know, right? Uh, I've never seen it do anybody any good, so uh, we'll leave it at that. We'll move on about that discussion here. But her point here is, um, we know the story here. We'll start in verse 1. And she's, in the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said on them, they have no wine. Uh, and Jesus said, woman, what have I do with, with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. You know why he said that? I mean, if you've been around here long enough, you probably know why he said that. But uh, I've always wondered, why, you know, why? Because that seems like such an odd response, right? Odd response of mine hour is not yet come. Uh, that's true, but what's that got to do with what I asked you, right? Uh, well, what does wine represent? represents the Holy Spirit, right? And when is the Holy Spirit going to come? In this time of, uh, this time of history, when, when is the Holy Spirit going to come? After Jesus goes to the cross, right? After he, he, he said, I'm going to send. He said, when I leave, he said, it's to your advantage I leave because if I leave, I'll send you the comforter, right? Who's the Holy Spirit? So he hadn't sent him yet. So his hour has not yet come to send the Holy Spirit. And so really, he's just messing with Mary is what he's doing. Mary said, I want wine. And so Jesus starts talking about the new wine, right? The wine of the Holy Spirit. And she's talking about, you know, I don't know. Anybody know any names of wine? Don't tell them yourself, right? You know, whatever the names of wine is, that's what she, what, red wine? Wedding wine. Yeah, wedding wine. So that's what she wants, right? Well, he's talking about the wine of the new spirit or the Holy Spirit, right? And so he's just messing with her there. My hour's not yet come. But then she said, but see, she, she knew him well enough. Uh, in verse 5, his mother said unto the servants, whatever he saith unto you, do it. And that is a good statement, right? That, uh, you, can, you can do something with that. What, doesn't matter, what, whatever he says, you just do that, right? And it'll be fine. It'll be taken care of. Because, you know, the, 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 in this culture, uh, running out of wine is a bad thing, right? And, 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 uh, and so they've got to deal with that particular situation. So, so she said, uh, whatever he said, do it. Uh, and, of course, then they did, right? They responded in that particular way there. Uh, and um, he told them what to do, right? He said uh, in verse 6, and there were, there were there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece, and that's between 20 or 30 gallons of, of, uh, of uh, wine that they could put water, you know, they, were, uh, they could hold in there. So uh, water is, what, eight eight. Eight pounds a gallon, right? So you've got um, uh, 30 gallons is, is uh, what, 240 pounds of, of water there. Fill them up with water. And they fill them up with, to the brim. Uh, now, she said, whatever he says, you've got to do. And, and that's really the whole point of the whole story here is you've got to do what Jesus says, right? Whatever he says to do. And you remember there in Luke 13 with the, with the 10 lepers? What did he say? Go and do what? Sow yourself to the priest, right? Did they do what he said? Yes. Did they get healed? They did. What did they go? Well, the law says if you get healed of leprosy, then you go show yourself to the priest back in, in, in Leviticus. But I'm not clean yet, so I can't go to the priest. Then would they have been healed? No, they wouldn't have been healed, right? So, so, they, so she said, whatever he says, do it. So fill it up. They did that. And then he says, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. Now, really, and she kind of brought this point out here, that uh, verse 8 is re really requires more faith than the, the previous action, right? You can fill it up with water, no problem. Uh, but what, remember when, when the, uh, the man with the withered hand, what did Jesus say? He told him to do two things. One, stand up in the midst. Okay, that's fine. I, my, my hand's withered, but not my feet. Right. So a lot of times Jesus will sneak up on you. Right. He'll give you something that, OK, you can do that. You can fill it up with water. No problem. I can do that. Now go take that water and bear it to, to the governor. Right. Uh, and and um, but it's water. What did he tell the man with a withered hand? Stretch out your hand. And he's like, uh, it's withered. That's why I'm here. Right. I'm withered. Stand up right on your feet. Um. That's why I'm here. I literally can't stand up on my feet. Uh, and so, so a lot of times Jesus will, will help you out, right? He'll give you, you know, something to do to help your obedience. Because, you know, when you obey, 
it helps you, right? It helps your faith. Well, I've done that, right? Lord, I, I, then I'm willing. See, he, he's helping your faith get stronger, right? I'm, I can go this far. Okay, now go one more step. You know, some people you can go straight from point A to point B, right? You go, well, some people you got to go from point A to point B after you're going through C through Z, right? And you got to help them out. You got to you got to work on that, right? And and uh, you know, I remember when when I got saved, I got saved. The easiest thing in the world for me to get saved. But then I started hearing about this thing called the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. You know, I didn't grow up in church. Didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And, and so it was really odd, right? And people, and I, now I started church in a word church in a Pentecostal church. But it was a really odd thing. I mean, if you, if you think about somebody that never grew up in church, never heard of the Holy Spirit, and then you drop them in a church, and they say, you need to speak with tongues. What are you talking about? What does that even mean, right? I mean, it's just like a whole foreign language. It literally is a foreign language anyway, but, but uh, it's really odd. And so it, was re- it wasn't that I was in doubt and unbelievers, but I didn't know. Yeah, and so I was saved about a year and a half before I was ever baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, that's not really in the great scheme of things. I've been saved now for more than 40 years, so in the great scheme of things, it wasn't long. Well, back then, it seemed like a long time. And I had all these kind of, you know, crazy maddox, just, are you spirit-filled? you talk with tongues yet? No? Well, here, let me pray for you. I don't need to be prayed for. Not, I'm praying for it anyway. Shut up. And they'd slap their hands on me, and I'd, I speak in tongues. I don't know what that means. Now, and so, you know, they were so, they were so zealous, but see, they, they weren't trying to find out where my faith was. They're pushing their faith on me. And Jesus oftentimes will help people, you know, where's your faith, right? He saw with, with the nobleman's son in John chapter 5, your faith is not in, in my power. Your faith is in my going. That's superstition. We've got to fix this. But we can't, we can't just, because if I went, then your faith would remain in my going. Not in, not, not in my power, not in my authority, but in my going. Amen? Uh, and so we've got to fix it. We've we got to adjust this, right? So he was very direct with him, except you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. You've got to see me go. Uh, and, and for these people, he, uh, he knew whether well, they've they got faith, but it's not super strong faith. So let's let's ease into it. Let, let's give them something that's easy to do. Fill up the water pots with with uh, with water. Okay, well, we can do that. Now go take it to them. And you know they had to be thinking, uh, okay, we're this far in. I guess we got to do it, right? If he'd started with just go to the creek and take some water to the to the governor, I ain't doing that. You know, I mean, you haven't met the governor. He's not a man you fool with, right? Uh, and so, uh, but he said, draw it now and bear it to the governor to the feast. And so they did that, right? So it started with Mary giving them the correct instruction. Whatever he says, you do that. And so, you know, we, we're, I'm personally thankful that the Lord will always work with us wherever we are. Right? Wherever our faith is, that's where he's going to work at it. Amen? Some people are always trying to get people to, do, you know, you had faith like I have. That's so, that's so unkind to people. Amen? You know, I remember years ago, we had uh, we had some stuff going on here at the church, and so we had visitors here. And it wasn't a service, but uh, the, I think it was during one of the uh, 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 strawberry festivals. And so people rented out, and so uh, some people said, uh, "Hey, Pastor, come here. You know, uh, this person's sick, and, and they want us to pray for him." Fine, no problem. You know, I, I'd do, be glad to do that. Uh, and, and which is funny because then they did all the praying. And well, I thought you wanted me to pray. You know, I mean, I don't care. But you know, if you're gonna ask me to pray, then then you know, maybe I should pray, right? But uh, you know, so anyway. Uh, and so they said, well, well, what's going on? Well, I've got to have this surgery. Okay, fine. And well, what's your faith? You know, what do you want us to pray for? Well, pray that the doctors have wisdom. Which you know, you know, me personally, it's like, well, but that's supernatural. That God's gonna supernaturally grant them wisdom. Well, you know, God can grant you supernaturally to be healed too, right? But, you know, if that's where their faith is, that's where their faith is, right? And so what should you do? You hook up with wherever their faith is, right? Uh, and, um, in fact, there, there's a story with, with Brother Hagen. He was talking about this. You know, of course, Brother Hagen, I mean, the Lord appeared to him in a vision. He said he put the, his right hand in the palm of his hand and said, I have anointed you and called you uh, uh, for this purpose, to have a healing ministry. A special anointing, right? Remember Paul in Acts 19, he had special anointing, special miracles, right? So there's the, the regular anointing, which is pretty good, but then there's a special anointing, which is, you know, like gravy on top of everything, right? It's, it's even better. Uh, better for the people on the receiving end, right? I mean, for people in faith, people of faith, you know, we, we thank, we're thankful for the anointing power of God, but faith people can receive everything by faith. We don't need the anointing, you know, we're not, I'm not trying to diminish the anointing, but the anointing is primarily for the people of your unchurched or low in faith. Amen? 
and sometimes just because we need a good a, a dose of anointing, amen? And so, you know, no problem with you. Well, he said we should never get, no, I didn't say anything. You'd, you do whatever you, uh, you know, if, if I have a problem with healing and I'm not getting, I'll go in prayer line. I got no problem. I've been doing this for, for 40 years, getting healed supernaturally. But if there's still, I'll still go up in a prayer line. No, no problem, amen? Uh, and so, but there was a woman there. He kept trying to get her in faith, get her in faith, you know, and she needed some surgery. And he was trying to get her to, get to the point where she could believe God for the healing without getting surgery. But he said, I, he said, he said, I never could. Uh, Working with her a couple of years even. And um, he said, finally, uh, I think it was just the Lord dealing with him. You've got to find out where she is in faith. And so finally he said, well, so where are you? Where are you in faith? What do you want to believe God for? She said, I just want to believe God that the surgery goes well. He said, okay, I'll, I'll hook up with that. And he said, I'll believe God that you have supernatural recovery. It's a surgery will go well, and you have supernatural recovery. And so she went, got the surgery done, and um, uh, and then uh, the doctors came in there after surgery and said, uh, "How much pain are you in?" She said, "I'm not in any pain." She, there's no way you have to be in pain. And they gave her a morphine shot anyway. You know, don't give me morphine if I don't need it. I mean, morphine's like a crazy strong drug, right? Uh, and uh, and so she's like, oh, "That's really nice," you know, but. Uh, but that was the only shot that they gave her was that one shot of morphine. And, and Brother Hagen was talking to the doctor. He visited her at the hospital. He said, I don't get it. So she, he said, she should be in so much pain. She's recovering way faster than she ever should. Well, why? Because that's where her faith was. Go to the doctor, get the surgery, and recover well. And so this person here, in fact, they're standing right there. Uh, this person, what, what do you want us to pray for? Pray that the surgery goes well. And I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's my baseline, right? Now, if you said pray that the thing goes away, then that's the baseline, right? But a baseline was pray the surgery goes well. So my responsibility is the prayer of agreement, right? The prayer of agreement is I can only agree where you agree, right? If you agree on, on the surgery goes well, I got no problem with that at all. Fine, absolutely 100% fine, because if that's your faith, then you'll live through the surgery, amen? Because the doctors will tell you there's a 16% chance you'll die. And people go, oh, wow, you know. I could die, but there's an 84% chance that you'll live, right? But people don't think about the 16% chance that you'll die. So her faith was, the, was, was for the surgery. So now, you know, now I knew that, right? And that's how I was going to pray. But the person who asked me to pray that I never got to pray said, no, no, what we're going to pray is that you don't even have to have the surgery. So what did she do? She overrode the person's faith. Well, your faith is wrong. We're going to give you different faith. But that, you know, Jesus always found out where, where the person's faith was. And that's what he worked. That's what he worked at. Whatever the faith was at, that's where he worked. He never, you know, he only said twice about amazing faith, right? Great is your faith. Every other time, you know, sometimes he said your faith made you well, but he didn't say they had great faith. Sometimes he just said they had faith, which is still good. But, you know, he reserved the great faith for the for this centurion, right? And so, and for the woman... Uh, the, the woman, um, uh, the Syrophoenician woman. And so great faith, right? But every else had just faith. And then, of course, sometimes he said they had no faith. So, so, and that's, so that's what they did. They prayed for her, you know, that she didn't have to have surgery. And, of course, she had to have surgery. And, and, uh, and, and I believe it went, went well. Uh, but, you know, we should, when I'm, reading the, when I'm reading the Word of God or reading the stories of these things, I'm always trying to read between the lines. You know, Lord, what, what's going on here? You know, you got no law, so sometimes you operate differently than this different. And the, the only difference is where their faith was, the receiver's end of faith, where the, where, how much faith they had, and, and where their faith was placed, right? Because the, the, the nobleman, his faith was in the superstition of Jesus appearing at somebody's house. Well, that we got, no, we, we, don't, we don't play those games. We don't do superstition, right? Uh, and, and so, you know, if someone said, well, you've got to circle around me three times, you know, and that, that, that's what works. Well, that's superstition, right? Would the Lord ever have you do that? I don't know. Maybe, you know, he told the, he told the man with a withered hand to stretch forth his hand. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes there's a natural aspect of faith, of obedience of that. He told the, the, uh, the, the uh, uh, lepers to go and show themselves to the priest. And so sometimes there, are, there is a natural expression of faith, just like he told the, the people here, go draw out and bear, bear the, the water to the, to, the, uh, to the governor. But it's not superstition, right? Your faith can't, faith can't be in, in that thing. Amen. Uh, and so whatever he saith, that's what you've got to do. Amen. Uh, and so uh, so then then she made a point about uh, about the 
back to John chapter 5, that, uh, there were, that distance was not an issue, right? Uh, he declared what was so, thy son liveth. And wherever the son was, that in the realm of the spirit, though, that faith of Jesus declaring that went through the, went through the realm of the natural that we live in and, and uh, crossed that distance and that authority of him speaking that was enough. And we don't know in that case, uh, as far as we know, there was no specific demonic oppression in that, in that in, uh, situation. There could have been, but we don't know. It was him just declaring, this is so. So it doesn't matter in that case whether there was a demonic oppression causing that sickness or if it was just sickness because we live in a fallen world, right? There's germs. Well, every germ is not a devil trying to possess somebody. It's just a germ. It's just a virus, right? It, it's not a... It's not, backed by a devil, it's just the natural world we live in. It shouldn't be here, but it's here. Uh, and so, uh, <clears throat> you know, every time Jesus didn't cast devils out in every single instance, right? Uh, and so, uh, but he declared what was so, thy son liveth. And somehow, uh, through time and distance, that was able to go, because it happened immediately, right? That very hour. So it didn't take a while, right? It wasn't like, you know, well, hang on, let me get on my horse, and I got to carry this word to this person here, and it'll take me six hours to get there. And then, okay, I've delivered this word from Jesus. There was, it happened from that very hour, right? Uh, and so, so the distance wasn't, wasn't an obstacle. And if it wasn't an obstacle back then, is it an obstacle today? No, there's no, there's no, there's no requirement for physical presence for this to work, right? Faith works at all distances, amen? Uh, and so... I believe what happened, going back to, to John chapter 5, and, and we've got to go here, but uh, in John chapter 5, uh, where Jesus said that, uh, or, yeah, John chapter 4, rather, um, when Jesus spoke that, it says, the man believed, in verse 50, go thy way, thy son liveth, and the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him. So the, the man moved from faith in the natural, the faith of the superstition of Jesus being there to the faith of, uh, oh, if Jesus says it, it's so. So the man believed the word, right? He didn't believe the fact that Jesus went, uh, but he believed the word. So Jesus knew in this case, I know I get this man over. I know I get him to faith. So let me let me kind of sh uh, shake his, his his mentality to get out of the superstition that it's not in me going that gets the job done. It's in that the fact that I've got the authority here and the power to make it happen, and, and so. Jesus said, go thy way, thy, thy son liveth. So Jesus declared it, the man believed it, and it happened, amen, from that very hour. And, and so, and, and that's, that's important, right, to, that it's just a simple faith. God can do it however he wants to, but you've got to know he'll do it, amen? And really, in one sense, he has done it. Uh, in this case, uh, in this particular case, it says uh, that, um, that what hour that he, he began to amend, right? He began to improve. So now, uh, how much of the Spirit of God did Jesus operate in? Which is John 3.34 said that Jesus had the Spirit, what? Without measure. So he had no limit to the amount of power that he operated in. And yet it says he began to amend. So even Jesus in his ministry, there was a progression of, of healing, right? Now some people say, you know, you're diminishing Jesus in that. We're not diminishing Jesus. We're just saying what the Word says. He began to amend, right? He started to amend. We don't know how long it took. But my, my, my guess is it didn't take long, but it, it didn't happen immediately. Uh, you remember the, the man that he laid on hands that was blind? And what do you see? I see men walking his trees. So the first time he, Jesus prayed, it didn't work. Not 100%. It worked to some, but not 100%. So he, he laid hands on him again, and, and it got better. Uh, and so uh, remember the Gadarene demoniac, right? right? Mark chapter 5. You know, he's, he was speaking to the devils. Well, I'm not leaving. What's your name? Legion. And then he, then. You know, so it's because he it says he he had been speaking to them to leave. So, you know, now the thing that we know is it always works. There's never an instance where Jesus said, you know, I tried. It, it just doesn't work. Right. It, we're, it's just not going to work this time, boys. And, and uh, he never it never failed. It always worked. But, um, you know, Jesus had to operate by the Holy Spirit. He didn't know everything. You know, he was limited to what he knew by, that the spirit of God told him. Because uh, he said, I can't have my own self do nothing, right? Uh, and so, like us, he has to wait on the Lord. 
he had to wait on the Lord to show him what to do, to, to tell him what to do in that case, right? And so, uh, but a lot of times you can start with what you do know, and if, and, and if it's not progressing, you know, you back up and, and see, well, do I need to do something different, right? And so uh, with the, the gathering demoniac, he had to find out what the name of this devil was and, and go from there. And, uh, and so, uh, again, we're not diminishing things because it always works, amen? It, it will always work. And that's where your faith has to be. Is it will always work. And sometimes the Lord will have you do some things different, right? Tell the man with the withered hand to stand up. Uh, tell, tell the man here, I'm not going to go with you. Uh, so you've got to find that path. And sometimes finding that path takes a little effort on our part. Lord, anything in particular you want me to do? Sometimes you've got to go show yourself to the priest, uh, right? Sometimes uh, uh, you remember Dodie Osteen, right? Uh, John Osteen's um, wife there. And I guess, is she still alive? I think she's still alive, right? And of course, she passed many years ago. But she, had got, she went to the doctor and was told to go home, die, because we've got terminal brain cancer, and, and you will not survive this. So first thing she did, she, she, it wasn't even thus said the Lord so much. It was, I want to make sure there's nothing here. So she wrote every person who's ever been in conflict with and said, I, I want to apologize. Please, uh, please forgive me. I, I want you to know I forgive you of everything, anything that's ever been done, said to me in any way whatsoever. She, would, she wanted to make sure all of her bases were covered, that there was no outstanding unforgiveness, no conflict with anybody as far as she was concerned, and she was 100% healed. Now, the Lord didn't tell her to do that, but, you know, sometimes you can know, well, I just want to make sure, right, that there's no question. So if you got a question, well, maybe I'm in unforgiveness. Well, then forgive them, right? Well, maybe I'm in sin. Well, quit sinning, right? Repent. I mean, I mean, if you think it is, then just fix it and go on, right? Don't, well, because people just stew for years. Maybe I'm in unforgiveness. Well, then forgive them. Well, you know, uh, maybe you reckon that's it? I don't know. If it is, you know, just, just in case. And sometimes I'll, do, I'll say, Lord, just in case. Uh, you know, I thought about this person the other day, and, and you, know, you know, I didn't really wish harm on them, but, you know, just in case that they came up my mind, is okay, well, just in case, Lord, I forgive them. Double, time, double up. Even though I forgive them 100 years ago, just in case, you know, just. And so sometimes just in case is okay, right? Uh, and so. So this case was, was a case of gradual healing. We don't know how long it took, but it, but it did work. Amen. Uh, uh, and so, um, and, and so, you know, I've read after some people who said, anytime somebody says that, we're diminishing Jesus. Well, I didn't write the Bible. It says he began to amend, right? I didn't write that. The, the Word of God wrote that. And so if he began, that means it wasn't an instant. Now, if you go to Mark's, most of Mark's uh, versions of, of his, it says immediately, 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 right? But in other stories, in, in, uh, in this one with, uh, with the nobleman in, in John chapter 4, that's the, only, that's the only version of that story we have. It's not in the other three Gospels. And it says it began to amend. So if Jesus had the spirit without measure and, and, and his, uh, the, the boy's response to his faith was he began to amend, well, then surely there will be times in our life when, when we do things and it, and it gets better a little over time, right? How many people have, have believed God, and it didn't happen immediately, but it did get better over time, right? I think all of us have been, have been in that situation, amen? Uh, and so, but has it always gotten better? Always gotten better, amen? Uh, and so, we'll, um, we'll come back next week. We'll, we'll do the questions. There's only four questions for this chapter. We'll do those questions. That, that way, you have four, a whole week to answer these four questions, right? If you don't get them done by next week, then, then we're going to fail you. Just, you know, you don't get your Ph.D. in healing, Amen. Uh, but let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the, the power of God that resides in us. Father, we are the carriers of the power of God, and our faith resides in your power, in your authority, Father. It doesn't reside in things in the natural realm. We don't have to do anything in particular in the natural realm to obtain healing. We just have to obey the power of God. And if the power of God says to do something in the natural realm, Father, then we'll do that. Uh, but our faith is not in that. Our faith is in the obedience to your word and to your spirit. And so, Father, we thank you for your desire to heal us, that we have a right and a privilege as your children to live in divine health all the days of our lives. And we thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, is the Lord good? You know, it's just, uh, I, I really like this particular story about the nobleman's son because it, it, uh, I, I never want to fall into a rut where things have to be done a certain way in order to obtain God's healing. Amen? Because if you do that, then you become superstitious. Uh, and I don't want to do that. And, and the Lord, uh, with almost two exactly the same situations, a child was sick. Uh, in, in fact, if you go to uh, the this, this Syrophoenician woman, she had a child that was sick. 
all three cases, the nobleman, Jairus, and the Syrophoenician woman, all of them had sick children. He, he responded to all three of them in a very, very different way, right? Uh, and so it tells us there's no law, amen? So don't make a law. So let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And so don't forget, of course, next, next week, uh, Miss Marilyn Neubauer will be with us, and she'll do the morning service and healing school. Uh, and she always does a great job. You know, uh, it, it's, you, know you were not required by any, any doctrine to have been sick near death before you can teach healing, before you can uh, live in healing. Uh, but it is nice to, to hear testimony because testimonies encourage us. Amen. We're encouraged by people's testimonies. And so... We don't have faith in their testimony, but it does encourage us. Well, if they can do it, then I can do it, right? That's the whole point of testimonies, right? So come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. So you'll enjoy her ministry next week, and um, we'll pick up. So actually, you have four, two weeks to answer these four questions, right? So if you really don't get it done in two weeks, we're just going to give you, just turn your book back in. You know, we're just going to, you, you can't, you can't continue with that book there. But anyway, that, that'll be next week. And so, well, of course, we have our church meal with her next week as well, so. All right, well, uh, all hearts and minds clear. Well, you all have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll see you next week.